this year the Lord's been having me uh, share with you guys about the kingdom of God. And I want to continue on a certain aspect of that this morning called partnering with God. Partnering with God. Uh, last, uh, not last weekend, but the weekend before, I was in Western Australia and uh, I was sharing at a, a vineyard church plant that we're, that we're starting over there, or it's, it's about 18 months on now, in uh, just south of Perth. And it was a great evening. There was about 60 people there. We were all bundled into this little community centre and probably about 30 of the people there belonged to the vineyard. The other, the other 30 were kind of like, we want to come and check this out and see who these people are and all of that. And anyway, uh, the, the team asked if I would share a little bit. And so I did some teaching and, and uh, it was, well, I thought it was a great, great teaching actually, if I do say so myself. But um, because one of my friends who was there, and I've journeyed with him for many, many years, probably 15 or more years, and he found himself there that night and he came up to me and he said, Kirk, he said, I, I don't know what it is that's going on in your life, mate, but he said, you, that was some of the best teaching I have ever heard you teach and the way you taught it. And I went, oh, thanks, mate. You know, it was like really encouraging and it just lifted me. And so I was in this space and and of, uh, of just enjoying the kindness of God's encouragement to me in my vocation. And, you know, like when someone in your place of vocation comes along and says to you, hey, you, do a, you did a good job on that one. Well done. It was like one of those moments, you know, for me. Uh, it was like when you're a school teacher, and I don't know how often it happens, but sometimes a student might come to you and say, hey, teach, that was really good. I got that today, you know, and, and you feel like, hey, the Dots have joined and I've done a good job, you know. I've conveyed an idea and it's landed and they've got it and they know how to apply it. Um, or, you know, or you might be a, a landscape gardener and you've just done someone's yard and they go, gee, the yard looks good, thanks. Well done. You know, it was one of those kind of moments for me uh, where I just, in my field of vocation, done what I, you know, with all my heart. And, and my mate came up to me, he said, mate, that was incredible, Kirk. I, I just want to say, I don't know what's going on in your life right now, but that was fantastic teaching. It's the best I've ever seen or heard of you teaching. And I went, wow, thank you. And I was a little, like, humbled by it, to be honest. And so then I'm in this space, right? You kind of, your tank kind of gets filled in those moments. It's like, and then this other guy comes up to me, like within, within 30 seconds of this guy who's known me for a long time. And this other guy comes up to me, and I have never met this guy in my entire life. First time I've met him, and he's broached me, he's come over to me, and I had a sense that, okay, something's going on here. And he's, he was a rather tall man, and he came over to me, and he put his hand on my shoulder, and I thought, oh, okay, he, something's happening here. He put his hand on my shoulder and he says, so you're the national director of the Vineyard Churches in Australia, are you? I said, well, actually, yeah, that's what God's got me doing right now. You know, as to, I'm trying to make a distinction between what I do and who I am. But, yeah, that's, that's what God's got me doing right now. And he, you know, and he just, big, tall guy, and he puts his hand on my shoulder and he keeps it there and he says, well, I just, he says, well, I just want you to know you are the most unimpressed, unimpressive person I have ever met and have ever listened to. Talk about empty the tank pretty quick. Get filled, it's empty. Why? 
And he and he he just he just said to me, he said, mate, he said, you've got no idea what you're doing. He said, you wouldn't you wouldn't know the Holy Spirit if he came up and hit you between the eyes. And he said, I don't know what's wrong with your life, but you need to go and sort something out and and get yourself sorted out. But you, and and then he said. Um, he said it one more time. He said, just so you know, I think you're the most unimpressive person I've ever met. I'm like, oh, don't you love going to church? <laughs> don't you love hanging out with God's people? Isn't this good? And uh, he told me, and, and so anyway, I'm getting encouraged by one bloke. I'm getting torn apart by another and then with and and oh and then I so I just asked this guy I said so what's your name and he told me his name and I was about to unload I was I was like you know the the crucified Kirk that's in the grave he got kind of like now's your chance mate resurrect you know and and I'm just like help me Holy Spirit because I want to job this bloke you know. And both verbally, verbally and physically, you know, the old man in me just was like, who, who does this character think he is? And um, so I just said, Holy Spirit, help me. I asked him his name. He gave me his name. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, Kirk, it's a good thing you didn't come here to impress him, isn't it? And at that, the wisdom of God fell on me and I shut my mouth. And I just said, well, bless you. And he walked away from me. (sighs) Talk about partnering with God in that moment. Having to partner with, with the work of the Holy Spirit in a very everyday moment that we have all the time happening around us. And yet the wisdom and the kindness and the power of God is there with us to actually be bringers of the kingdom in every sphere and you know thing that we're doing, and um, so within, I get one bloke picking, lifting me up, you know, and I get another bloke tearing me down, and then within thirty seconds of that bloke walking off, um, another guy comes over to me, and he says to me, "Oh, he says I was just wondering if you might be able to pray for me," and I'm so I'm like, "Sure, sure, I can pray with you." You know, I'm still kind of trying to gather myself a bit from the up and the down and everything that's going on. And I said, sure, I can pray with you. I said, what's wrong? He said, well, I, he said, my knee, it's, it's just completely stuffed and I can't, I can't put any weight on my knee. I can't, you know, bend down and stand up and his knee was all shot. He, he, kind, he, was, he, he kind of looked like he'd, he was a football player. He had that kind of build. And, um, and so I asked him, I said, what, is it, what was it? that caused this he said oh it's sport sporting injuries over a number of years and just you know not treating myself well and I said okay I said well let's pray and so we prayed together and I just laid hands on his knee and I grabbed a couple of people that were nearby I said hey come on can you help me do this and you know together we just laid hands on his knee and we just spoke to his knee and commanded his knee to receive the kingdom of God and to be healed and, and, and so, and, and for all of the pain to leave and all of the bits that need to be fixed to be fixed, and that's about how technical I pray, okay? So I just know enough to know the area and the goodness of God and let's go sort of thing that we're shooting for. 
And as I prayed the, with these other folk, the Holy Spirit started to touch this gentleman and within the space of about 10 minutes, his knee was completely restored and healed. And it took us like about six goes. Like, you know, we had a go, what's happening? Well, nothing. Well, let's go again. And, you know, and we just kept at it. And then after about six goes, the pain dissipated, the strength came into his knee and it was completely able to be restored and he was doing his exercises and he was like, and then he said, oh, God is so good. He said, while I'm here, <laughs> he said his shoulders, both of his shoulders were also ruined and he couldn't, he couldn't do this with his arms. He could, he could only go like this because both his shoulders are completely ruined he said, do you think maybe we could ask Jesus to heal my shoulders? Well, I said, well, we're here. Why not? Why wouldn't he? He's just healed your knee. So we, again, we got a little team of people. We started praying for his shoulders. And, and before you know it, after, you know, sort of 15, 20 minutes, both of his arms were completely healed and free. And he was able to, had full mobility. And he was like, he kept doing this. And then he was looking back over at his wife like, check this out. I can do this, you know. He was so overwhelmed with the goodness of God touching his life. Partnering with God, wow, all of that took place in the space of, you know, like 30 minutes. Affirmed by the love of God, hey, great job. You're doing what I've asked you to do really well. Slighted by, you know, I think it was just the soulishness of a broken man, probably fueled a bit by some demonic activity that was there and, and as well that he was partnering with in that delivery of that word to me that I was the most unimpressive person he's ever met. And then hot, hot on the tail of that, the sick were healed. And I'm just like, gosh, gosh, Lord, this partnering thing with you, it's a ride, isn't it? And it is a ride, isn't it? It's like that every day. Some days it's like, oh, it's all sunshine and butterflies. Other days it's all wind and waves. Uh, and, and then there's great breakthroughs and then there's delay and then there's fulfilment and then there's, oh, God, where are you? But, but in the midst of all of this, God invites us to partner with him. Um, and I, I, I want to just share a little bit about that this morning. Um, when God invites us into a partnership with what he's doing, we often find ourselves in some moments and realities that maybe we wouldn't have necessarily signed up for to put ourselves into. But God seems to, um, as Lord and King and, and um, as good, faithful, loving Father, he, he welcomes us when we return to him through Christ and he says, now come, come with me. I, I have a life for you to live. And often that life is not one that we would prescribe for ourselves or even dream for ourselves. But God seems to have this sense that I've got something in store for you. And it often I find myself quite regularly in a space where I'm like, gosh, I, I'm not so sure I signed up for this, Lord. Um, but the reality is God is at work bringing his kingdom into all of the earth all of the time. God is desperately bringing his kingdom into the earth. And, and the church needs to wake up to the fact that the, the spirit was poured out that we might partner with God to bring the kingdom into all of the earth. And, and not, not, not just like, oh, great, I've got my train ticket, we're getting out of here, thinking. But actually, I've, I've entered into the kingdom of God. 
of the ages that are to come in the here and the now. God is, God is reconciling all things to himself through Jesus Christ. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He is the God of heaven and earth, and all things are being restored in him through Christ. And so, in fact, what God's inviting us into is partnering with him to bring about the new realities of the fact that Jesus has risen from the dead. Sin has been forgiven, and there is hope for all people and God's good creation now. And that, in fact, heaven and earth find their rightful place and they're no longer at loggerheads with each other, but there's great oneness and life. Right in the middle of that is Jesus holding all things together. God's not looking for us to escape. He's called us into what he's doing right now. So I'm not sure about where you may have grown up in church or not, but for many years it was a case of where, where the question that was often put was, where will you go if you die tonight as the lever that got pulled to invite people into a relationship with God? Now, there's nothing wrong with that question. I just don't think it's the only question because the other side of that question is, what will you do tomorrow if you actually wake up? What will you do with Jesus tomorrow if you actually wake up and you're not dead? What will you do? Oh, well, I'm, I'm not doing anything because I'm just waiting to die so I can get to heaven. Well, that's, that's a truth. And the other part of that truth is actually we've been saved to partner with God right here, right now in bringing his kingdom into the earth. And so those two things often fight with each other, but um, there's a tension within that, I mean. They don't fight with each other because it's one truth. Um, But often God accomplishes the most, not when we work for him, but when we become faithful and obedient enough for him to work through us. Um, I was reading about an illustration online of a surgeon Um. Our role is not that of a surgeon. Our role is that of like a surgical nurse or a surgeon's offsider. So the, the surgeon is the one who has the expertise and the nurse or the, the, the I'm not the theatre nurse that work. I'm not sure of the exact term, but works with the doctor is the one who actually gives the partners with the doctor to make sure that the doctor has the right tools to be able to do what the doctor needs to do for the surgery. And God is inviting us to be like that, to be like that partner with God who when God says, hey, I need, I need you right now to help me in this space, with this person, with this situation, you say, well, yes, Lord, I see you're at work. How do you want me to partner with you? What do you want me to bring to that? Well, I need you to pray. Or actually, I need, I need you to give them some of your money. Or I, I, I need you to actually put down what you're doing in, and what you think is important right now and make it all about them for just the next half an hour. Just follow me into those spaces. We're partnering with what God's doing because he's at work all over the earth bringing his kingdom. And our joy is to partner with him. So God calls to us every day, providing opportunities for us to be a part 
of his kingdom working team, family. And every day we find ourselves deciding whether or not to answer the call in that moment every day. Often we may decide that obedience is too costly. God's not going to reject you because of that. But I do, I do, like, I still can't get that out of my mind the other week when, Abby, you stood up here and you said, you know, um, God, why didn't you come to me, make yourself known? Why didn't you send someone to me when I wanted to know you? And the Lord said to you, because there was no one available. I can't, I still can't get that one out of my heart and my head. It's like God's, God's inviting us to partner with him to reach people with his kingdom and bring his kingdom to them. And sometimes we decide, gosh, that's a bit too costly to say yes to that. It's not easy to be faithful when God's asking for our time, our ability and our money. And it's not easy when God asks us to love someone that we might consider unlovely. It's not easy. And yet God says, come, follow me follow me into this space and the kingdom comes the lordship of jesus comes the love of the father breaks through when we step out in partnering and trusting with god and all of the faithfulness that he brings in the invitation to follow him god welcomes us into a lifestyle that's marked by koinonia um if you've got your bible there or if you haven't let's uh we're going to go to let me see if i've got this on I can't quite get it to go to the next one. Let me see if that might do it. Maybe it's, is it the way I'm holding it? It's a bit like the 70s when you had to hold the antenna the right way for the cricket. Yeah, a bit like that. There we go. Thanks, guys. Let me just double check in. Okay. Yep, we got it. The antenna's working. Um, If you've got your Bible, open it up. Paul Paul here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is writing a little message to the church in Corinth. These guys are a great church. Yeah, and, you know, flowing in power and the Holy Spirit and the manifestations of all of the gifts of God. And yet they're also a really carnal church. They're a fleshy church. They're getting a whole bunch of stuff wrong as much as they are right. And yet God's not leaving the scene. In fact, he's pouring out his spirit even more. And so Paul comes along. He says, hey, guys, I just need to give you some some help here to um, bring some health to your life. And, um, and he just shares a little bit about that in 1 Corinthians in the opening, um, you know, for your comments. He says this. He says, I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, in all of your speaking and all your knowledge, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you strong to the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, this is the key verse, God who has called you into fellowship, koinonia, with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. A few uh, a few weeks ago, I did some teaching on the nature of the early church in koinonia. I just want to... You know, I just as I was prepping this, I I just found myself in that first that first bit up there where it says, "I always thank God for you." Uh, let me there. See, look at that. I got the red button working. I might get distracted. 
Um, I always thank God for you. Paul's writing as um, like like a, like an apostle, but he's also writing as a as a church planter. He's also writing as like a like a like a pastor who, who's who's actually not able to be there with his church at the same time. And the first posture he finds himself in before God is one of thanksgiving for the people. And I've just found myself in that space all week this week. Just like, and every prayer I'm praying, it's like my spiritual warfare this week is just, Father, I am so thankful. Now that doesn't sound like warfare, but it is. Because I'm just choosing to partner with what God's doing and acknowledging that and celebrating that before God and before the audience around me. But Nicole and I, over the last few months in particular, we have been so incredibly encouraged by the Holy Spirit bringing our attention to how the people of God here at PRV are daily choosing to partner with Jesus. And, and so we found ourselves, and we find ourselves in this space right now as pastors. Um, so let me, just, I, let me just share a few things with you, like little bits of the picture. And um, this is only like a smattering of things going on where we see Jesus partnering with you and you with him. I loved last weekend after Big Breakfast and David shared his story of God's love and then there was, there was a lady that, that was here last Sunday morning who's, who she came along to uh, Alpha a few times and she's, she's, she's a friend of, um, of Oli's. And, um, and anyway, she was quite sincerely touched by the Holy Spirit last weekend and she came forward to meet with Jesus and it was so beautiful. Like she's just, I mean, she's not here, so, you know, with discretion, I just want to say it was so wonderful to see what God was doing with this woman's life as she was coming towards God and God was coming towards her. And, and she was in tears and the team of women that were praying, whether they were all in tears and, 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 and in the middle of it, Oli just, she breaks rank and she just goes and grabs the tissue box and she gets like a whole heap of tissues. And as she's going back to um, join in with what God's doing, she just stops and she says to me, oh, she says, Kirk, the Lord, the Lord, he's just spoken to me. And he just said, Oli, you just bring them and I'll love them. And I just thought, oh, gold, gold, discipleship 101, gold, part, how to partner with God in a moment. You just, you just bring them, I'll love them. You know, God will do the fixing. God will do the cleaning. God will do the... But he invites us to stand with him and them as he's doing that. And that can look messy and emotional and awkward and very spiritually powerful and all of that. But that's, that's, what, that's what it is. And it's wonderful to see as God's doing that. You just bring them and I'll love them. <laughs> um, you know, just it's been wonderful to see a number of you partnering with Jesus and inviting your neighbours and friends to join you at different church events and small groups and and um, big breakfast last weekend. And you're sharing your lives, and it's wonderful because some of those people that came, I know they came with that framework of, oh God, the roof will fall in on me if I walk in there. And guess what? It didn't. It didn't. So now they're in another space. They're in another story. Actually, they survived going to church and God is in hot pursuit of them. And he's using you as you keep reaching out in love across the fence uh, with each other and sharing life. 
uh, you know, we're truly thankful to the, to the Lord for the financial generosity that flows through this place. Finances out of love for God, out of willingness to say, yes, Lord, so that his kingdom might continue to go through the life of this place to, the, to our region and community. Nicole and I were just like, God, this is staggering. I mean, we've been at this for 20-something years now as pastors. And, and it's like our hearts are coming alive to the staggering realities again of just seeing the kindness of God at work and celebrating that and saying, thank you, God. Um, you know, Friday night down here was a cracker uh, with the young people on Friday. I wasn't here, but um, I got to hear some of the stories of what was take, taking place down here. Friday night at youth group. Youth group is growing down here. Now, that's high school kids. There was 20 of them down here last night from six different local high schools. Six different local high schools worth of kids by the work of the Holy Spirit through other young kids saying, hey, do you want to come to youth with me? God's drawing them and they're having encounters with God's love. I just want to say, go young people. (laughs) Well done. Keep inviting. And for some of us older young people, um, those guys might need some help. Those guys might need some help. Ask the Lord, Lord, do you want me to partner with what you're doing there? Because you're doing something and it looks like there's life coming. How can I help? Show me, Lord. Um, Setting people free from demonic power. Gosh, it's been so great to, I know that for me and Nick, we've had a number of appointments over the last month or so where we've um, seen God come with love that drives out demons, drives them out and sets captives free and changes um, uh, appetites, addictive appetites for life, for life. Because God's power has set them free. Um, there was a team of people just recently, one of our church family here were moving from where they, the house they were renting and they're moving to another house. And there was a small team of people that said uh, on the basis of an invitation, we would love to come and pray through that new house for you and before you go into it that the Lord would just cleanse it and establish his kingdom there and his presence. How so, like... That's on a Friday night instead of football and beer that these people did that. And I was just like, well done, partnering, partnering with God to see his kingdom and his kindness for the sake of another. Um, people who are partnering in prayer. You know, just recently, for those of you who are on our prayer email, I think there's a, about 35 people on that database of people who love to receive emails for pray, people that need prayer. Well, for the last uh, probably four weeks now, Josh Banks, who many of you know, he's, he's been in hospital and um, he has not been able to clear his lungs. And so the emails came out. And sure enough, you guys have all just been praying and praying. If you want to get onto that prayer email, just prayer at prvineyard.org. Say, please sign me up. And, and Wendy, who facilitates that for us, she'll get you hooked into that. So that you'll get those emails and you can partner with God in praying and partner with each other. Well, Josh finally has been sent out of the hospital and he's back home. He has a measure of healing in his body that he can now breathe again and his lungs are cleared. Thank you, God. Thank you for the way in which the people of PRV are partnering with you. There's a group of parents here who... um, 
uh, well, there's a number of parents, sets of parents here, but there's uh, some that I know their story who are reaching into the needs base in their children's school communities. It's amazing what they're doing. These, the parents of these children that belong to PRV here are reaching into their children's school and the needs base of that school, bringing meals to people, cooking up meals and bringing meals to people, bringing clothing to people. Oh, you need clothing. You need resourcing. You need, your children need um, tutoring. All of this is going on in our local schools through people here partnering with God. And I'm just like, yes, God. Yes, God. You are bringing your kingdom with your people as they partner with you. Um, number of you who I've spoken to in your workplaces are seeing as you partner with God and honouring your employers and bringing a source of kingdom integrity into the way you go about doing life in your workplace, your employees and your work environments are honouring that and blessing that and seeing that. And there's, we, we, that's God at work. You're partnering to bring the kingdom in how you choose to work and your ethics for the sake of Jesus being made known in your workplaces. This is, I'm just touching a few things. This is, this, there is like a flood of kingdom activity flowing through you as you partner with Jesus through the life of God here at PRV. And I just, it, I find myself in this place. God, thank you for them. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So if you want to know how Nick and I are praying in this season, that's it. We are so thankful to the Lord for all he is doing and will do. We've got bread runners. We've got children's ministry teams. We've got Mercy Centre teams. I had the best time on Friday night at that Mercy Centre dinner. It was crazy. If you want to laugh a lot, sign up to work with the team in the Mercy Centre. These guys know how to have a lot of joy about going, you know, go about doing life together. Get into that one. So Nicole and I want to take a moment this morning, really. What we want to do is we want to take a moment and give great thanks to the Father in this public space and just say thank you for choosing to partner with Jesus. It brings great delight to the heart of God and it brings great joy to us. As your pastors, our hearts are filled with joy at how we see you individually and together choosing to enter into the experiences of koinonia with Jesus. Well done and thank you. Um, just very quickly, quick, uh, three quick signposts of koinonia. Oop, let me go back one here. We're a Holy Spirit-filled people. It was right there in 1 Corinthians uh, 1 verse 7. Uh, Therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly await for the Lord Jesus Christ. Kingdom people are a Holy Spirit people. We're a people here at the vineyard who are filled with the Spirit. We lack nothing. We lack nothing of the person of, of the Holy Spirit. That every time we come together and every, even when we're meeting together on assignment and with, with one or two others, we lack nothing of the person of the Holy Spirit who is at work generously giving us every gift that we need for every moment and space God's inviting us into. How good of God is that? Signposts of partnership with, with, um, with Jesus or koinonia with Jesus are a spirit-filled people. 
We are a people who love the power of the Spirit who rose Jesus from the dead. We are a people who love the presence and the power and the kindness and the generosity, the comfort and the wisdom that the Holy Spirit brings in any and every moment. We are a people who grow where we are planted, no matter what the season, because we have the person of the Spirit upon us, in us, filling us. Um, uh, John said, I baptise you with water, but he, meaning Jesus, he'll baptise you with the Holy Spirit. It's the right experience for the Christian, for the follower of Jesus, to be filled and baptised with the person of the Holy Spirit. It is the right experience of the person of, that follows Jesus to find yourself in situations because Jesus is prophesying there like, hey, you're going to be dragged before all sorts of groups and courts and institutions to have to give an account of your faith, but don't worry because... The Holy Spirit will give you what to say in that moment. We lack nothing. Isn't that, isn't that so countercultural? That is so countercultural. Everything in our culture says we lack lots, hence, we're a consumer culture. Got to consume, 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 consume. Actually, we don't need to consume because we have been filled with the person of the Holy Spirit. As we, this, this is what. Kingdom partners or part, people that partner with Jesus look like. They're Holy Spirit people. Um, they're heaven and earth people. We're not on earth just to get to heaven. We're actually heaven and earth people partnering with God as he's restoring all things in the new creation through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All things are being made new. All things are being restored. The end of the book actually tells us that actually the heavenly Jerusalem comes and establishes itself once and for all. Where? in the earth because God is the maker of heaven and earth he hasn't made this to discard this he sent Jesus to rescue his creation from the effects of the work of sin and death and so that all of it would once again be restored to his rightful plan and that human beings would actually come alive and be real human beings and we see that in Jesus where we get to partner with God to steward the earth, steward the creation, have dominion over it and exercise his kingdom, both bringing, you know, as image bearers of God, reflecting the image of God to creation and stewarding creation and at the same time taking the praises of creation and all people and reflecting it back to God through the person, the man, Jesus Christ. That's our story too. God's inviting us into an amazing event or series of events or ongoing event. Koinonia with Jesus. Um, we don't like, uh, we're bringers of the kingdom to reconcile this world and renew it with the goodness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We set people free from bondages and demonic power, Luke 4.18. The spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor, he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the, the oppressed and proclaim the year of God's favour. There's plenty to do <laughs> just in that one manifesto of Jesus. There's plenty for us to get a, get a good you know, handful of that and get busy on that and partnering with God. Um, we draw people into intimacy with Jesus Christ through a lifestyle of worship and mercy. That's part of our mission statement here at uh, PRV. Um, we're not looking for magic pills. We're not looking for magic fixes and silver bullets. We're not interested in any of that rubbish. We're not looking for a fairy tale. We're not looking for an epic of Disney that, well, I'll wake up tomorrow and it'll all be beautiful. No, 
That, that's not our story. Our story is that God loved the world so much that he took on flesh and made his dwelling, his, his tabernacle, his home among us by taking on flesh and come and making his dwelling among us to bring the kingdom. That's what we want to partner with. We're looking to partner and have koinonia with God by looking to see what the Father's doing and just join him in it every day. We're most alive. If you want to feel like, if you're feeling a little like drowsy and like mm, dead with your life, we are most alive when we ask the Father, what are you doing in this space? And then choosing to partner with him as you hear him tell you what he's doing. That's where we come most alive. Here, let me just read very briefly to you a little excerpt from a book called Miracle Work. A down-to-earth guide to supernatural ministry. I love that, down-to-earth, down-to-earth guide. Um, it's written by a guy called Jordan Sang. Uh, this is a little, little intro story. I'll just read it to you. He says, There was about 65 of us wedged into a sweltering house church in a weathered bomb blast of a neighbourhood in Santiago de Cuba. This is a place no American ever sees, my Cuban friend assured me. It was a barrio and, uh, of deeply cre- uh, cratered streets, rusted hulks of cars, crumbling cement houses, starving dogs, and knots of staring, lots of staring uh, shirtless men with bottles of liquor. For political reasons, foreigners aren't allowed to preach in, a commu- in the communist Cuba. So to keep the informants at bay, I just shared a semi-formal greeting with the church and closed by prayerfully asking the Holy Spirit to do something powerful for the congregation. Then it got kind of interesting. Moved by the Spirit, one of the pastors of the church stood up and to prophesy with her baby, with her baby boy nursing at her breast. She spoke boldly of the purposes of God for her city. She spoke stirringly of the purposes of God for her church. And her prophecy rose to a poetic passion. And her kid peed triumphantly all over the floor. She grabbed a mop in the corner to sop up the mess and then completed her prophecy with the mop held aloft in one arm while the suckling boy in the other, like a lactating lady liberty. (laughs) And the crowd broke out in praise. And the crowd broke out in praise. My team of three young Americans took the cue and began ministering to the sick, laying hands on their shoulders, eyes and ears and stomachs. We began to see healings. A man's fever disappeared. A woman with painful arthritis in her knees could suddenly walk without her cane. Another sick woman in the line was overcome by supernatural power during the prayer, and as it happens, uh, as it happens a lot, she fell unconscious. Unconscious, but by my inexperienced teammate had never seen anything like that, and assumed that we had somehow hurt her. Oh God, lady, 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 are you okay? Wake up, please, Senora. On my other side, two young women on our team watched another lady faint under the power of the Spirit and as they prayed for her, a curious little mound rose from under her skin on her flat belly and when they touched the bump, it observably moved around to a different part of her abdomen. This unsettled them. Jordan, one of them whispered to me urgently, "Uh, do you think it's a demon? 
I sensed the opportunity for some sarcasm. Tell me, do you have any other theories for that freakish lump moving around in that woman's belly? They didn't. So I said, then maybe you might want to try casting it out. They hurriedly discussed the idea and they tried it. The bump disappeared and the lady woke up immediately. For my part, I rebuked the spirit of addiction in a suffering young man standing in front of me and the fine fellow proceeded to vomit on the one pair of shoes that I brought with me on the trip. And then a few moments later, he opened his eyes wide and grinned brilliantly and praised God, having immediately sensed a profound change of deliverance in his life. I patted his back and then I slipped out of my sneakers. People in the street heard the general ruckus and one suspicious passerby bravely shoved his way inside to look around and three of the worshippers immediately surrounded the young tough and grabbed his shoulders and began praying and this guy simply burst into sobs without discussion and then asked God into his life. We continued like that for a long while, sweating like wrestlers. And eventually I leaned against the wall to take it all in. Bodies on the floor in spatters of urine and vomit, drunks jeering through the windows, demons manifesting eerily, babies whining for the breast, a woman's crippling pain disappearing, fevers breaking, hearts changing, the weeping, the singing, the stretched faces of poverty and the shocking messiness of God's presence with human beings. And somewhere in the mix, and I love this quote, and somewhere in the mix of the grit and the glory, the, the wonder and the wretchedness, I managed to have one crystal thought. This is what the kingdom is like. Partnering with God. It's an amazing adventure. Jordan does a great job of describing that. Last few things. Um, we're coming alive to who we really are. Oops, sorry. It's a, this is about a long obedience in the same direction. We are a people here at the Vineyard of great endurance, faithfulness, and the hope of Jesus. We're a people who take great delight in that which delights the Father's heart by partnering with him in his ongoing good work of creation and bringing life to people. Left foot, right foot. Left foot, right foot. We run in our lane and the grace that's on our life and we're happy in that place. We don't need to be someone else other than who God's asked us to be. We're happy to run in that lane. We're not trying to get somewhere in a hurry in the hope that it will be better than where we are right now. Yet God has given us a vision from his heart about who he wants to make us And he invites us every day, another step, another moment, another measure of obedience to say, partner with me in this work of mine. We're seeking to come more fully alive in who we truly are and live every moment in the knowledge and the power of God. Lastly, we're people coming alive to our unique reality of God's love that defines who we are. I just This is one of the key scriptures that the Lord's had me on now for like about two years. He just keeps pointing to this and pointing to this and pointing to this. And so I just did a few different translations of the one verse there. The Passion Translation says it like this. We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he's given each of us for we are joined to Jesus. 
the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. The message version says it like this. He created each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work that he does, the good work he's gotten ready for us to do, work we'd better get doing. And the NIV says it like this. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Signposts of partnering with God look like that. Just in conclusion, we are therefore God's ambassadors, Paul would say it in 2 Corinthians 5, as though God were making his appeal through us to his creation and everyone on it. And Paul says, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Where is God inviting you to be his ambassador in your life, in the relationships that you share? Where is God by the Spirit whispering to your heart this morning saying, come and partner with me. I have a work over here to see my kingdom come. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your, um, your word, for your scriptures and how when we just place our life in the story of your kingdom in reading the scriptures, it's like we come alive as well. And I just bless that, Lord. I bless that work that you're doing in every one of us this morning where we're coming alive to you by the power of your spirit as we sit in the scriptures this morning. Thank you. Thank you. I bless what you're doing. And now, Lord, I ask that just in, the, just in this space for a minute, would you show us where you are at work and you're inviting us into a new experience of koinonia with Jesus in our real life, our everyday coming and going real life. Show us, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Inspire that conversation, I pray. Inspire that revelation, that picture. God. We have become your poetry, God, a recreated people who will fulfill the destiny that you have given each of us because we are joined to you, Lord Jesus, the anointed one. And even before we were born, you planned in advance our destiny, the good works that we would do and live a fulfilled life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just pay attention to that 
sense of God in this moment. We are a gathered people and we are a sent people. God is busy at work in the world and now he invites you to come fully alive and follow him into the world and all that he's doing. Pay attention to that picture. Pay attention to that word.